welcome to another episode of HP Critical, a podcast where my friends and I talk all things gaming. I'm Dra, and I'm joined by Britton and Kelly and Gabe. Say hi, guys. Hey. Hi, guys. Uh, and a special, a very special shout out to Kelly because by the time you hear this, it will be her birthday. Because her birthday's tomorrow. Yay! Yay! We're I'm pre gaming. <laughs> yes. Me too. This is. I just had lots of wine. So Me I three. Come down with ill. I had to come four. down basic with basic ass water. Um, and so we're gonna sing Kelly Happy Birthday at the end. We are. Oh my god. Okay. Okay. Oh, at the end of the podcast. Yeah, I was gonna do it at the beginning, but Gabe's gonna leave us soon, so I want him to be able to get his opinions out there before he has to dip because you know he's got a busy lifestyle. Okay. So what he's basically saying is he doesn't want to hear me sing at the end of the podcast, so yeah, that's why they're doing it at the end All of the right, podcast. Let's do it right now. Ready? One, two, three. Yeah. Happy birthday! Happy birthday to you! Happy, Happy birthday, birthday to you! This is something. Happy birthday, dear Kelly. Happy birthday to you. I'm going to need more drinks. <laughs> what a way to say thank Get you. Thank you so much. <laughs> you guys are very special to me. So I appreciate I take, uh, it. I take that. Bro, take that, that was so like please don't do that again you suck (laughs) (laughs) but that's fine because you know what it was wonderful what playstation for removing or closing (laughs) the playstation stores thank you playstation sucks for closing the playstation stores on the ps3 psp and vita um so it's official now we did talk about it last week it was a rumor now it is official i'll read the official statement later on but to hop right into this after PlayStation made that announcement, there was a tweet from Xbox Wire that said the backward compatibility program is heading to the cloud, starting with a collection of classic Xbox and Xbox 360 games. Um, Gabe, is that what we were talking about? Yeah. Great. So <laughs> the first thing I want to talk about with you guys is basically PlayStation closing the stores versus Microsoft holding on to everything that they are um, doing for backwards compatibility. Uh, Gabe, how are you feeling about that? I'm not too happy about it because <clears throat> everyone knows I love me play. I love I love PlayStation. I love Nintendo. Um, but the only company that is actually focusing on you know the last generations of games and not you know not just you know the Xbox One, PS4 generation of games. I'm talking about Xbox 360 and whatever came before that on xbox was it's oh, xbox regular original. xbox xbox yeah. original oh, okay well, so you just call it um, xbox og original whatever you're yeah yeah so and... the the only company that's focusing on you know those games is microsoft itself and xbox um so you know on one end it's it's horrible to look at you know all these xbox players having fun and playing old games like you know morrowind for example and then, you know, I boot up the PS4 5 and I'm like, oh, I, I want to play some more Wind or some Oblivion. I can't do that because the only games I can play are PS4 and present day games. Um, if I'm going to go on my Switch and play The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time, I can't do that because Nintendo has refused to do any type of virtual console or port of their older generation games to the Switch. Unless you count... um. NES and SNES and those couple of ports here and there, like Super Mario um, 64. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's kind of, you know, 
I'm not going to say a slap to the face by Sony and Nintendo, but it's also like you hear this isn't this is something that you know we want. This is something that we've all been saying and I'm going to get to your laughing later. Um it's it's something that, you know, it's not it's not unknown to them that we want all our old games, you know, even if it's just a play for like 2 seconds. Um so you know, good for Xbox and Microsoft and all their uh, their little fan base of I'm not gonna say anything mean. Um I really hope <laughs> now I'm really gonna say it. Um no, but um it, it it's it's good that at least one of the big three is paying attention. And they're again not going out of the way because they've clearly shown and even regular people have shown that it's not that hard to bring over an old game to you know, your newer devices. Like I can literally boot up my PC, which I built in. Well, I didn't build it, but I got in 2017 and I could play, excuse me, Ocarina of Time. Um, so it's good to see one of the big three paying attention to, you know, the older gens and, you know, backwards compatibility. Um, it'd be nice if Sony and Nintendo said something about it. I know Nintendo, because Brandon uh, brings this up a lot. They do that, the, the drip feed. Um, which isn't a very fun method of bringing your old games. I mean, and at the same time, you drip feed some of the worst games. Like you'll open up the NES or the SNES app, and you're just like, "Oh, this new game is available." I'm like, "Who the fuck has ever heard of that game? No one." Um, but then it gives us content. You know, literally yeah, heard branding. Of now it gives Brandon. <laughs> it gives Brandon content. It does. Um, <laughs> But, you know, (laughs) but then you have people, then, you know, Sony, Sony has done nothing for backwards compatibility in terms of the PS5, except say, hey, yeah, you can put in your PS4 disc and bada bing, bada boom, there you go, you can play your old. Like three or ten or whatever. It was like eight, I think. Um, But yeah, let's say you can only play uh, PS4 games. You can't play PS3. You can't play PS2, which it sucks, but I guess Sony knows what they're doing. So the reason I was laughing is because I messed up the beginning of the video recording, and I noticed like while you were talking. Sorry, but that's not so do we funny. Have to start over? No, it's totally fine. We're just gonna keep it yellow. April Fools! Uh, <laughs> it's not my fault. We're recording on April first. Um, you know, it's funny that you say Xbox is the only one that like knows what people want. I I guess people do want backwards compatibility, but I just am still under the impression that people want it and don't use it. And there's always been, you know, there's always been surveys of people saying like the same thing that I just said, which is a lot of people ask for it and then they don't actually use backwards compatibility in the way that they would. And I guess right now it's a very special situation because it's a new console. So like right now, I guess if you want to use your brand new console and play your favorite game, now is a really great time to do it. But in like two, three years when we're looking at, you know, all these new IPs from all the uh, studios that Xbox has grabbed, like, are we still going to be reaching back to play old Xbox games then? Or are we going to be looking forward to new stuff? And I think um, PlayStation is doing something very interesting right now, which is that monthly their their um their monthly games have been getting better and better. Like they every so far every month since the PlayStation has been out, they've given us something that we can play on PS Five. Um, 
and or 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 a really good PS4 game, and I feel like this is their way of saying, yeah, we've got new stuff like uh, Oddworld Soulstorm, the one that they keep showing on PS5 is coming for free on PS5. So now I get to play technically like a remake of an old game, but it's still a new game. Like last month was, um, you know, Final Fantasy VII. Uh, the month before that was um, uh, Bug Snacks. It's like, we're, we're Destruction All-Stars, Bug Snacks. Like, yeah, we're not getting old games, but PlayStation is giving us new games, whereas Xbox isn't giving us anything new. So I, you know, for me, I don't care about Xbox 360 or Xbox games when I have a bunch of games currently to play on the switch you know i've got monster hunter rise bravely default 2 like i've got all these new titles and then PlayStation is going to give me even more new titles to play so i don't need backwards compatibility so i think it's crazy that people are kind of shitting on playstation for not doing it and praising xbox for something that i don't know how many people are going to use but it's cool to have i will say it's really cool to have it there um, it's better to have it than to not have it 100 percent. exactly sure. yeah better to have it than to not have it but you know what i would like Halo Infinite. I don't know, you know, actual real new games to play on my Series X. That'll I mean, me you can play you can play Outriders. It came I, out on Game Pass. I, that's why I bought that's Game Pass. Game. But guess what? Mm-hmm. That's not an exclusive title that's going to pull me to nope. the Xbox. You damn right. Although yeah. I did well, get it on Xbox cuz I got it on Game Pass cuz I didn't want to pay $70. Right. What I was going to say was in regards to um Xbox's thing like you just said like new games aren't really coming out for the Xbox right now that a lot of people want to play at least that aren't multi-platform. Um but what I think Xbox's strength is like we were talking about the backwards compatibility. I think, you know, along with Game Pass that is actually one of its strengths. I think it has a rare exception cuz like you said a lot of people ask for backwards compatibility and won't use it. With Xbox, I feel it's an exception only because of course they can go all the way back to the original Xbox, even if it's like only like 30 games of the original and have the full library. Um, but if you play like those 360 Xbox One games, uh, they get their performance goes up, which is something that the other consoles don't really do. Like I remember like the first week um, Series X was coming out, people were showing up videos of Sonic Unleashed, like running at like a better frame rate than it ever had and like better resolution. And people were just showing those off. Like they're just showing off old games because they could and like that was that's again until really good exclusive games come out like Halo Infinite come out that's really what the what the Xbox is now it's your game pass machine it's your backwards compatibility machine and also i want to point this out too it's a lot easier for Xbox to honor their legacy because they don't have as big as legacy as uh Sony or Nintendo certainly not Nintendo like all they have to go back is two three generations Sony has to go all the way back, you know, would have to go all the way back to the PS1. Nintendo would have to go all the way back to the NES. And they do a lot of NES and Super Nintendo games, but they're cutting out the middle. That's why I think people are getting, like, upset that you can't really get 64 GameCube Wii or Wii U games. Well, Wii U games are getting, port- are getting ported, but Wii, GameCube, 64, that's kind of being left if you're a Switch owner at the moment. And I think that's the distinction that um, a lot of people are noticing. Nintendo, when they, when they, Nintendo, when they, when it comes to their legacy titles, they love to focus on those early NES Super Nintendo games quite often. But in the middle, it's, it's been, it's been traditionally very, not, it hasn't been supported well at all. To add to that really quick, something else that I think people are mad about, the Switch and not bringing over older titles is we have the first handheld home console and, you have a handheld console, and you're not bringing old handheld games to it. Right. I didn't even like mention this, the, like, the handheld systems either. Like this would be this would be the perfect console to bring over Game Boy Advance games, Game Boy, right. oh, shit, right. Game Boy Color games, and stuff like that. So, 
Yeah, I would it, like that. Yeah, it feels like Nintendo's missing an opportunity here with the Switch. Yeah, it, I, I would say so. I'm so confused as to how we got on Nintendo. They're still talking about ports. They're still talking, talking about, about backwards compatibility in general, and just like how much people would use it. I, I think it just really depends on the game in, in in question. I can tell you that people, that very few people besides me, are playing these NES games that no one's heard about. Yeah, so you know, I guess those same people are going to be playing their Xbox 360 games because it's so cool that you get backwards compatibility on the Xbox. And Some games is worth it to them. That was no, no, yeah. being serious. <laughs> oh, okay, 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 yeah. But I heard sarcasm in there. It was I, not. I, I, I was gonna start I, swinging. So I was like, "What are you talking I was, about?" I was I just gonna start swinging. <laughs> no, no, yeah, no. I, I still think it's really cool, but I think, yeah, um, yeah. I think to discount PlayStation because they don't have like a backwards compatible library is not, you know, it's not the same thing because we're still getting brand new IPs on PS5. Something Xbox mm-hmm. is still not giving us is there a brand new microsoft exclusive game for the xbox series x that's out for xbox and pc let's look it up the answer is no <laughs> um, well well hold on real quick and I, I was just i was just thinking about like how pretty much each company feels about it xbox is like yeah game preservation porn here's every generation nintendo's like uh, you know, legacy is important. Here's NES Super Nintendo game. What about the other ones? No, don't worry about those. Or Sony's like, or Sony's just straight up like, who wants to play old games? I mean, like, <laughs> think about it. They have the like. It's also to me a very simple business decision, right? Like, we're moving forward with the one of the fastest selling PlayStation systems right now being the PS5. Like, people are getting it for games new games right we are mm-hmm. we're we are moving forward so i don't see moving backwards as a lucrative opportunity that playstation recognizes i guess okay mm-hmm. the thing is i'll chime in here because i only know that our generation of millennials and like this age bracket they love nostalgia yep. and you're missing out on a huge market by not having backwards compatible games that's the only thing I'll chime in with because really the only relevant piece of information that I can contribute to this, like we are obsessed with nostalgia. It doesn't matter if we ever play it or not. I have not picked up 3D All-Stars in a while, but having Super Mario 64 was very important to me. Like, I don't know why. I don't even fucking, <laughs> I'm so bad at it. I can't even play it. But like, I just wanted to have it because mm-hmm. guess what? The last time I was truly happy was when I was a child. So continue. <laughs> oh my god! I mean, it's my birthday tomorrow. I'm I'm feeling a little like I don't yeah. even know how to follow up. I'm old. <laughs> I'm old as fuck. So anyway. Well, if it makes you feel better, Kelly, Brandon is older than both of us. And wait, is wait, wait, no, wait, wait. <laughs> No, I'm not. No, I'm not. Since we're talking about birthdays, though, something that was failed to be mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, we're recording this on our second anniversary of. Oh my god! Yes. Yes. Oh my god! Anniversaries and birthdays. It's funny that he's the one that forgets because this is his. This is his birth baby. I know. You know, it's so funny because it was not supposed to be on April 1st. And that's a story I'll tell another day. But the the time that the website went live, I was like, no, it's April Fool's Day. When I announced (laughs) this, everyone's going to think I'm joking. (laughs) 
Like, what a crap time for the website to go live. And I was like, well, fuck it, it's too late now. I hope you guys believe me. And two years later, here we are. Happy birthday, HP Critical. Happy birthday, Kelly. Uh, thank you, Gabe, for the reminder. Two years of um, HP Critical. It's been really crazy to see us get, like, five views. And then, like, get the amount of views that we're getting on the website right now. Like, just that progress. Seeing people wearing the fucking logo that so many people so helped design. Merch. Like, it's... It's really awesome. Happy birthday to HP Critical. Let's do this for another two years. And then Cheers. see how I feel. Beyond. <laughs> and, and, I feel. and beyond. <laughs> yes, happy birthday, Kelly. Happy birthday, HP Critical. Thank you, uh, Gabe, for the reminder. Now, for the PlayStation Store, uh, there has been some new news that came out with the announcement, which includes that you can still re-download previously purchased content and games redeemed through PS Plus. So even though the store is going to be down, anything that you've already purchased, you can still go back and re-download. Um, there will be no more actual purchases and no more in-game purchases for those um, games that you currently have on those systems. And I know, because I specifically remember talking about how we wouldn't be able to re-download games. That's actually not the case. You can still re-download games that you've purchased. You just can't purchase new games. It still sucks. I think the Vita is still an amazing system. I played it so much um, for visual novels because I love visual novels because I love stories and all this other bullshit about crying and feeling bad and murdering people and all the wonderful stuff that comes with those. Yeah, so I it's... think it's still a really great system and it sucks that, the, like, I just downloaded Final Fantasy VI because I'd never played it before and I'm doing this thing where I play all the Final Fantasy games and I got it on the Vita because it's not available on Switch, otherwise I would have gotten it on the Switch. Um... And you know, I just, mm-hmm. I just want to say it's too soon for Vita to be sunsetted oh, sure. along with the PS3 and PSP. I mean, the other sure. two it sucks, but I get it. But Vita, like, that's that's not nearly as old as the other two. It's it like, ha- yeah, it has no successor either. Like, no. it right. just has nothing Somebody that's come no, after uh, it. Yeah, I can't Somebody turn no my PS5. I turn my PS5 to the side and start playing a handheld game. Be I, cool. You know, I saw a tweet that was like, "This is it'd be uh, heavy." <laughs> it would be. I saw a tweet that said this is the this is not looking good for the PS5 digital edition. Like it makes me not want to buy one. Um I feel like that's going a little overboard, guys. Um but it's going overboard now. Now, yeah. But something also that happened was with the news that the Vita store was closing along with the PS3 and PSP stores, a lot of developers apparently that were still working on video games um, found out at the same time that everyone else did because supposedly Sony was still selling um, dev kits for the PS Vita so that people were still able to work on PS Vita games only to find out that in a few months all of their hard work is going to be nothing because they're not going to be able to sell their titles. Um, that is such a trash move. Brandon, I know you had something to say about that. So I'll oh, yeah. That. That's some absolute bullshit. Like, you know, the idea that we talked we talked about in a past podcast, it might have even been last episode, how you put in so much work and then you feel like it's wasted. Now, I want to talk about, like, they got paid, of course, for their work of, like, putting all this time to um you know make a vita game but the fact that they put in all that time to make it and it's not even going to come out because there's not enough time to that's that sucks like that's you're i mean their game is still going to come out on other platforms and if we're being perfectly honest it probably wouldn't have done as well on vita but like i don't know there's some vita enthusiasts out there regardless it doesn't even matter if they put their time to make a vita port for it and it's like not even coming out then it's just like uh, and the person that put that tweet about how they found out at the same time, I looked at the comment thread a little bit, and that person was working on Vita, the, the Vita stuff that morning before seeing Damn. the message. So literally up until the day of, 
they were working on Vita stuff, and then to get that message the same as everyone else, I'm like, freaking yikes. That's... Well, they didn't want it leaked, but it got leaked anyways, didn't it? It was like a It did get leaked. Because if I've been working on a Vita game for like two years, and like I'm working on it that morning, and then PlayStation's just like, hey, just kidding, we're closing the store. Bitch, I want my two years back somebody's giving me two years worth of work. I don't know where it's coming from. I will sue those motherfuckers. I don't know. Somebody owe me two years of fucking work because that's ridiculous. And I'm doing yeah, it that the morning I'm finding out. That's horrible. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's, and that's, and, and internally, that's, now, now that's kind of some in, internal restructuring now because I'm sure they had like a, a, a team, someone who, there was like, again, the person Whole made a tweet. It was fired there. now. It fired or relocated, optimistically the latter, but who knows? Who actually knows? Like, uh, it's such a pain. It's a, that it's, it's it was such a painful thing to hear. It's just, I, I have a I, I have a pet peeve about like you know not communicating about these kind of things and having people waste their time. So it's just like, ugh. for a second, I thought she was crying. No, I just thought like, well, it's La Vida Loca. Oh my I, god! <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. oh no! I did. I'm so oh sorry. I just. Cause Vita, I'm sorry. Oh I'm having some alcohol. I'm having some beverages, just puns or. Oh no, this is good. This is good. It's a Keep funny ass joke. If you're not the ones getting fired, oh, this oh, is good. Yeah, yeah, when you're not actually affected, I'm sure it's <laughs> story. Hilarious. Good content. <laughs> ay, ay, ay. Um, so something else that was yeah. noted is that um, uh, there's an article at IGN that talks about how digital sales are on the rise and they could essentially basically get rid of physical copies of games. So analysts suggest that in just six years, digital game sales could entirely dominate the video game market. And then they go on to talk about why and what that means. And I think if you look at, you know, COVID and how digital sales have worked and uh, how, how do you guys feel about knowing that digital could be the way to go in as, as little as six years, according to these analysts, after hearing that PlayStation's just like, fuck y'all. Yeah, that's that was going to be my point exactly. Like, in a world where they either transferred what was on the, the old PSN and moved it forward or they just didn't get rid of it. I could hear that and be like, you know, that does seem to be where we're going. But I don't think that in a world where, you know, entire digital libraries of games just die in a, basically a finger snap, that we can realistically, in, si in six years, in realistically in six years, go into an all-digital future. That just doesn't seem feasible to me. And, yeah, no, that's all. That's all I have to say about that. I just, I just don't think so. Like, if we're getting rid of old stores, you know, I don't think so. Not in six years, anyway. Yeah, and you know, there goes Mario. So what was the article again? Huh? Uh, Which one? The one I was just You just said? Before? Yeah. Uh, that, it says, analysts suggest that in just six years, digital game sales could entirely dominate the video game market. Okay, here's the reason I don't like it, and it's not as deep as Brandon's, but if you remember some of our earlier podcasts, we were talking about the new generation consoles when they were coming out, and, you know, the whole thing was, you know, between getting a digital, digital console, like the Series S, or the ps5 digital or getting you know the disc version one of us said like oh yeah you know i, I would want to get the digital one blah 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 and then i brought up the point about i would get a digital one if the storage spaces were better i feel like it's, 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 it's dual it's doable but after this net this last launch of consoles i don't see them doing it if they want to move to a completely digital library you're gonna have to upgrade memory on your consoles like significantly mm -hmm. because yeah right now i've been okay with the ps5 and it's because like 
Oki forgot that I have a no no here's the thing I have a one terabyte oh um, okay hard drive connected to it but that's a terabyte that I bought myself it didn't come with the console mm-hmm. and um so I feel like you know it's kind of an asshole move to say like oh yeah like everything's going digital and here's your digital console but you can't. How is that an asshole move to... Oh, no, Jarrell. How is that an asshole move to speak to analysts and figure out that, like, in six years... No, 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 no. I'm not saying they're the assholes. I'm saying it would be an asshole move for, like, you know, Microsoft or or Sony or Nintendo to be like, hey, you know, our libraries are moving digital, but we're not really going to upgrade the system on our consoles. Uh, You're still going to have to go out and buy your own. Don't the games download from the disc anyways now? Yeah, some of them do. Mm. But it's they don't do, but it doesn't require as much space. Okay. Yeah. Okay. yeah, it doesn't require as much space. So that like and that's again, that's one of another like fighting point for fighting point for people to like, oh yeah, we don't want you know, I always go digital. I always go physical because it doesn't take up as much space, and that's one of the cases. It doesn't like, you know I don't even want to compare a modern, you know, Call of Duty Modern Warfare digital version to like the disc version, because I'm pretty sure it's a big difference. Um, so, like, yeah. I feel like again, you know, six years might have better consoles it's, with better storage, but like, it's it's something I would be wary about. It's, it's too I optimistic, I think. Six years, yeah. These analysts know more than all of us. Are you saying they're wrong? Uh, yeah, yeah, you know me. If that's not my <laughs> yeah. if it's not not analysts, we analyze too. <laughs> we analyze well, our own like, opinions. That's the thing right. Is like, who do the analysts work for? Um, I believe that this Mama. article had uh, the author interviewing specific um, video game analysts looking at the market trends okay. that lead towards um, lean towards either digital or physical. I don't actually remember. Well, on that okay. note, actually, on that note, let me let me let me just supply this real quick. Um, perhaps the reason why they're even providing this is because I know that's what the big three would like to well, happen. Because say, Sorry to cut you off, but it does say sure. that in 2018, uh, 43% of Sony's full game software was downloaded, and in 2019, it went up to 55%, and it was a huge year-over-year increase. And um, they, that's what they were seeing despite COVID. But this was before COVID. Like, they saw the increase before mm-hmm. COVID. And <clears throat> the numbers for Take-Two on Sony were, uh, it says the Sony and Take-Two numbers were pre-COVID 12 months through March 31st, 2020, the EA numbers was 49% in the same time period that has also grown three percentage points in the last quarter. Um, So Mm -hmm. this isn't like, this is literally just pre-COVID, people were buying more digital than physical. That was the trend. And then after Mm -hmm. COVID, it continues to rise. And if if the trend continues by six years from now, we could see the, the digital side completely dominating the market. But okay, I I get that. Yeah, I totally get that. And, and to be fair, digital has you know gotten more popular, and that's only going to be cemented by the fact that both X Microsoft and Sony have supplied a console that is literally digital only. So of course that's going to keep growing higher. Um, and I know that console manufacturers would prefer that because if you buy a game digitally as opposed to on a store, they get the full profit of that said game. They don't have to pay. Re- the, the retailers don't have to get a cut on that. 
which is why retailers like GameStop are like starting to go down. But that's another story. Basically, I know it's something that they would want, and a lot of people are doing because it's more convenient to download a game. But both to Gabe's point about the store space, it would need to improve in that time for it. That's more people to want to do that. And the other thing is like again, I feel like I really do feel like especially now that Sony's made this announcement of an entire digital storefront closing, it's going to shake the faith to some people. I feel like some people are going to look at that and be worried. And it might, this, this, this upwards growth that the analysts are predicting, it's not going to go as fast now that this happened. I really don't think so. Like if, it, if even if realistically it would have been six years, it's going to be at least 10 now, assuming that's still a, a, a fair metric. <clears throat> so this article says rising digital numbers do not necessarily spell doom for the physical cop, uh, for physical games, sure. just to point that out. Mm-hmm. But also, I completely yeah. disagree with you, Brenda. Like, I think, yeah, we are upset about these stores closing, but I think on average, I think people are more upset that the game, that the stores are closing than people that are actually still purchasing and playing games from that store. It's and not I, about the, it's not I about it's not it's it's not about the games themselves that are on the PS3 and the PSP. It's the fact that they could. Like it's like the but fact I don't that, think like that I get, people assume that this is going to happen to PS4 and PS5 at all. No time, so no time. Think that that's going to change the the like if you have a digital PS5 and you purchase a digital PS5 and you hear they're closing the PS Vita and PSP store, you're not going to go buy a physical PS5 now. Like because you, if you already own a digital version if you, yeah, no, you're right. If you're there, a person that already owns a digital is not going to trade that in for a physical. If they already locked in the digital, they've so considered all the contingencies. Buying digital games? No, I, I don't so think that at all. I just, no, I just, rate. I think it's going to make people buy for the digital less frequently than they already were. Like the upwards trend is not going to stop, but I it's disagree. going to slow down. I disagree. I don't see, like, I don't see a correlation. Like, I, I, I don't, yeah, I don't see a correlation. Well, PS3, well, let, let's also bring this back a little bit. Because the PS3, there was no digital physical edition. You just got whatever the PS3 model was, and then you bought physical or digital depending on your preference or whatever the game was. But now that we're in an era where you can get, you can choose between getting an all digital or an all physical you know, that's not going to change people who are uh, buy digital. If they bought the PS5 all digital version just so they could play digital games, it's not going to change their opinion, of course. And the digital is your only option. And even PS5 owners who have the uh, one that you can use the disc in are still going to buy digital games. So it's not stopping. I just don't think it's going to go as fast because people are going to look down. at that. What's that? I don't think it's going to slow down. I think it'll slow down a little. I think it might even speed up. I mean, we're all about convenience. That's what I was just saying. I buy, say. like, almost all digital now. I think because is a good I, example. Yeah. I don't even... I have... I don't even know. I buy a ton of digital games because it's so easy to make an impulse purchase on that digital game, and you just have it right then. You don't have to go anywhere. Mm-hmm. You don't have to do anything. There's no effort whatsoever. You just buy a game, you download it. So would your so counterpoint we, would your counterpoint then be the fact that if people know that maybe one day these games will no longer be available on a digital store that they would just buy more frequently today as a result because that's that I could that I could agree with that's not my well, counterpoint no you can't buy them from a digital store but you could still have them what do you mean what do you mean are you saying that you couldn't buy them anymore no, that's not what I'm saying at all. Oh. Well, for PS3 and PSP games, yes. Once the, once the store closes, then physical is your only option. They get really yeah. expensive if you try to get them uh, secondhand. Yeah. Um, 
but that's uh, but yeah, but if people would if 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 what if I don't know like Jarrell's not saying that, but if you're saying that Kelly, that people will look at the you know store closing and think, oh wow, that could happen in whatever six years, seven years from now, I better buy a whole bunch of digital games. Then yeah, I could see that. I could see that being a counterpoint that maybe people will just buy more of the games they want now, and then it will still speed up. So. It can go either way. It can go either way. I'm willing to make it go either way. On I that. see it as like a macro versus micro thing. Like, I feel like we're discussing it, so it seems like it's a big deal. But I don't see it as like the average person purchasing digitally changing their minds because of this happening. Like, I see them to, I see them continually purchasing digitally if that's how they were purchasing before. Like, my friends that own Switches, yeah, if they're I only agree. buying digital, this is not going to make them go buy physical. Like, so I agree that trend with that too. is going to continue. I don't see that trend slowing down because of this, is what I'm saying. Yeah, and, you, and, and you're right, and you are right. If the, because even for those people, for the PS3 and PSP uh, stores go down, that's just a store. If you already own the game, you're not losing it as long as you have your system on you. <clears> and that's, you know, that's fine then. So it's not going to dissuade digital, or digital people who buy digital, because if they already have the game, then it's no big deal. Even have the store I closed. changed your mind? Do you you've changed it. You've changed it a little, but I, I you've, I've, you've changed it a little. I, th- I thought about both sides, but I still think it go either way. Ah, okay, <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> that's yeah. fine. Uh, so, also, since we're speaking of PlayStation, let's talk about you know uh, Nintendo as well. They're getting rid of the 35th anniversary of Mario, um, <laughs> yeah, collection that is no Thank longer available goodness. by the time you by the time you listen to uh-huh. this podcast. And they also got rid of um, what is it, Fire Emblem. Shadow Dragon yeah. and the Blade of Light, which is apparently yeah. the original game in English outside of emulation with fan translations. The only way you can play this, there's no physical copy to try and track down later. So if you haven't gotten it, the English version, and you're a fan, get fucked. So yeah, Nintendo's doing it too. They yep. said fuck y'all. Yeah, they said fuck y'all straight up. <laughs> and that, and that, and in that case, yeah, you had even less Mario. time with the PS3 and PSP stuff and the Vita stuff. Yeah, but they warned you. They warned you, and you had years to get them. This was, they warned you, but also you only have six months. So, <laughs> you know. God, and I read the wrong tweet. So, um, like, I, I read the April Fool's. Huh? April Fool's. April Fool's! It is April 1st. <laughs> Speaking of April Fool's and lovely jokes, uh, Balan Wonderland, a uh, Wonderworld, excuse me, I always call it Wonderland. Balan Wonderworld was apparently Oh, I thought getting... that's what it was called. I, I thought it was too. Wonderland, too. Because you always say that. I always say that, I know. And so I thought that's what it was called. You're blowing my wrong. fucking mind right now. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Ooh, we, got, we, we did a mini Mandela. Uh, I knew I should have corrected you earlier, but I was like, you ah, let it go, and now You let him do it? Mind. You let me do yeah, it every do it. time. Oh my <laughs> so, god, okay. Like, like the first time I was like, ah, he was doing it. And then he did it two more times, like, should I just do something? And the third time I was like, ah, oh, so you know what, it's too late now. what actually is it? Wonder World? Alan Wonder World, yeah. Wonder World. Yes. Wonderland's Sounds better. And no, they should have done that. It just flows off the tongue. Uh, so Battle in Wonderworld was apparently getting review <laughs> bombed with positive scores, which is I've never like seen that shit the first time I've heard of something like this. Yeah. And it made me so happy because I know that we were in chat the other day and I was defending the fuck out of this game, which is not even a great game, but I was defending it because I personally just feel like people are like, you know, gang banging this game like in a negative way. Like, uh, what's the word? Gaming is not the right word. Sure wasn't. <laughs> you know what? We're gonna roll with it. We're gonna roll with it. 
<laughs> what's the word they're like uh they're they're um you know mob dogpiling like sure they're dogpiling okay. on this game. ganging up on there we go yeah. they're gangbanging gangbang <laughs> The, my point is like it's not until 69 yet it's not i'm so sorry one reviewer <laughs> said it was bad and then everybody else said it was bad and i feel like nobody ever gave this game a chance and you know i'm not saying it's a good game i'm saying i think it has a specific demographic i'm th- i think that it kind of got like it, the spotlight at a really bad time and everybody just shitted on it and it was really awesome to see people just go in and give it positive review scores after all the negative, because all I saw from these big video game sites was just like, it sucks. It's bad. Don't play it. Not a great platformer. Worst platformer on Switch. And then you go in and then you just see people giving it positive review scores. And I'm like, thank God. Did I start that trend? I will never that was gonna say. I was going to say, did you recruit a whole bunch of people to do this? <laughs> I will he never. does have an entire so, website's worth of humans. I just got everybody to like, leave positive Because I didn't write no review for this game. I <laughs> didn't either. The process was the same as the Reddit GameStop, uh, GameSpot, GameSpot stock situation. I just got a bunch of people, hired them all, said we're going to positive review bomb this game because it deserves a fucking chance it's really cute it like it's adorable it's vibrant it's colorful it made me a little sick when i was playing um which is like really weird that never happens uh but the oh my god that happened adorable. to me too you can like customize yourself you can see yourself in the in the in the you know characters it's really adorable for little kids it's not a great platform but it's super simple and i think it just it got rated on a scale of trash to trash and everybody called it trash and i'm so happy that it had positive review scores gabe i know you're gonna leave me soon but do you remember what we were arguing about over this we yes oh no 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 no! i want this to go on the record this was the one time i didn't argue with jarell about a game i no i did not argue with you against uh uh this game whatever the hell was it called wonderland Wonderworld, ballad yeah the only thing I asked, because he was arguing with Grayson, and uh, there was someone else. You guys were arguing, and I, oh, and Christy was part of the argument, too. And my question was, if it's geared toward, because you keep bringing up the demographic, if oh, it's geared towards okay. kids, should it be reviewed for everyone? Or should there have been a specific way to review that game? I wasn't arguing because I haven't touched the game. I haven't seen the game. We so I didn't have any about points to something, make. And I think it was you, are, you said, oh, yes, I remember now. It was the price of video games and whether the price of a game should be included okay, yeah, but that in was, a yeah. review, which okay, came yeah. from Balan Wonderworld. So I knew okay, that you were arguing yeah. about something. It wasn't really an argument. It was like a You're very right, was, what if no? It was, it was one of our more civilized. Debate. It was one of our more civilized was, debates. It, I was going to yeah. say it was one of it was one of the most civil you two have been in, in like Slack. Yeah. It's literally because well, the argument we had before driving. that. Like, no, no, no. Yeah, this one. was really at you to get off your damn phone. This was an actual like an actual like conversation. This wasn't like when I brought up Dragon Quest is better than Final Fantasy. I literally said that. I literally said that. I literally said that to make you angry. We are not. that was just me messing with. You, I refuse. but this was an actual <laughs> argument. It, Look, bro, get over it. Bro, Dragon Quest came end. first. It's better. It's Goodbye, better. Bye, everyone. It's <laughs> been a wonderful time talking to you. I will end this shit right now. Do not fuck with me. I will mute your He's entire like- shit. Oh yeah, <laughs> Spiky's leaving. <laughs> um, so don't yeah, let him get the last word. Me. I will not. I'm gonna actually skip that whole conversation because we all know that Final Fantasy is better than Dragon Quest. And I am going to ask you guys, don't do it. Balls. I'm gonna ask you guys. Um, I wasn't done talking. So Balan Wonderworld is review bombed, and uh-huh. Gabe 
and I had a conversation about whether the price of a video game should go into its um, review. And I want to know what you guys think because in the in the the in the example of Bell and Wonderworld, you know, I said I feel like this is a really cute forty, thirty five, forty dollar game, and I think if it, if the price were lower, people would be much more convenient or lenient rather on the game being not as you know great as buying it on PlayStation for sixty bucks or buying it on Switch for sixty bucks. Uh, but at the same time. Is it fair to review a video game based on how much it costs when, you know, the actual developers don't necessarily get to decide, excuse me, the price of the video game? So what do you think? The review is for people that might buy it. So I do think that that's important to review it for the price because I mentioned that in my reviews because it's important because if it's, if I don't think it's worth it, like... I won't give it a good review if it's not worth the price. You know what I mean? Like, I'll give mm-hmm. it, like, a lower score if it's not worth the price. If it's a full price, like, 60 or $70 game, it better be fucking excellent. You know? If it's not on Game Pass, it better be fucking excellent, or else I'm gonna like, just, like, crucify it. So I'm not, would, yeah. You would remove a point from a video game because it was ba- base $60 price. If it sucked, yes. If it was good, and it was, like, worth the money. So then my question is, wouldn't your review be based on the game sucking anyway, without the price being $60? Like, if the game sucks, and you write the review about how the game sucks, the game's gonna suck, whether it's $60 or not. Well, it depends on how bad it sucks. Like, does it have redeeming qualities? I think these are all factors that we think about. I mean, we rate things on HP Critical by certain scales. Like, yes. we go with the gameplay and the story and everything. So, I mean, if you look at it from all those categories, is it enough game for the price? And is it good enough? I think that definitely is a factor. I just don't see... I, I don't see the correlation again. Because I feel like if you are rating a game based on those same factors... If the gameplay is bad, if the story is bad, if everything's bad, you're going to give it a bad score. I, I'm not even going to think about the price when I'm reviewing a game. I'm going to think about the gameplay in the game because the develop. I, I'm rating it based on what the developers have done, which is what the final product is, right? They don't get to decide whether the game is 60 bucks or 40 bucks, right? I'm, I, so to me, it's unfair to rate give them a lower score on their game because someone else decided that it had to be 60 bucks like i feel like if your game is bad i'm gonna give you a bad score anyway if your game is good i'm gonna give you a good score anyway i don't think that you know i should take a point away because it's 60 bucks and it doesn't deserve to be 60 bucks i feel like if i'm taking that point away it doesn't deserve to be 60 bucks because of the gameplay or the graphics or something like that i don't think that i personally would go in and remove a point because the game is not as it's not worth 60 bucks but i do understand what kelly's saying because you know that also is a part of consumerism like if i'm looking for something i want to make sure that it's worth the money so i don't know i i I don't like it but i will just say that all the games that i've reviewed i've either gotten for free from game pass or i've paid like less than like 15 dollars for so i will point that out (laughs) to be Uh, fair to be fair, um, and I do feel like they were worth, you know, ten to fifteen dollars for sure. Or Game Pass, like mm-hmm. I'll say that. But like, I haven't paid full price, like sixty or seventy dollars for a game because I just don't fucking do that at all. But 
I haven't paid that and then reviewed a game, which might change some perception we, about what game, game did you review for us that you got? Was it? Oh, never mind. That was on Game Pass too. Never mind. Medium. Yeah, I was I was thinking about the other one um, with the little people. The kids grounded yeah but that was also in game pass that was fun. you bought that for me for one and for two that game is only 40 dollars. i think there we go make your games you, 40 you, bucks if you want good you scores did. you did um, buy that for me though so thank you but see that's what i'm saying because like, then the, then the precedent is if you want a good score lower the price of your video game i mean geez, I <laughs> yeah that sounds great just do that everybody I don't, talk I, to your publishers tell them look you cannot sell this for 60 bucks because this game is not worth 60 bucks and we'll get better scores and more people will buy it if you sell it for like 40 <laughs> a 40 dollar game seems like but you think like i would okay? spend that i don't know it's just a personal preference I don't spend $60 on games anymore. Yeah, Unless yeah, it's yeah. Call of Duty, which I've bought twice. You know what? Just... Gabe, before you go, please, because I know you disagree with me, tell me your opinion. Funnily enough, this is not an April Fool's joke. Jarrell actually <laughs> brought up some very good points during this um, civilized debate that I'm going to take as my own right now on the podcast because we can't prove it otherwise. Um, huh? I said that sentence wrong. Don't I said that sentence wrong? Don't, Are you saying that you're whatever. stealing my? Points? I'm just. Yeah, there we go. That's what I said. Oh, um, okay. So <laughs> let's just be known. These are all okay. my points. Sure. Uh, his. No, I'm kidding. Uh, these draw up the point that if you're gonna, you know, if you're gonna dock for price, best way to do. It, I'm again. I'm paraphrasing him. He said this a lot more intelligently than I did. did I? If you're gonna oh. dock, um. You see, I try to be. Here's the thing, I though. I try to be nice to him, no, and then he gets this smug ass look on him. And I that's said, why I don't. I said, that's did I? Because I, I probably um, didn't, but thank you. I said it more educated. So, uh, um, and uh, so if you're going to dock the price, the best way to put it on a review would be to put it under the biggest problem. Like, for example, I brought up the uh, uh, example of NBA 2K21. Um, I don't care how hard of a basketball fan you are. I'm a diehard basketball fan. Go Heat. But you will never, ever be able to convince me that game is worth... Is it 69 or 79 79.99. I think it is. Hey, you Wait, no, I think it's 69 99 Are you sure? It's 69 because, yeah, games are $70 now and not $60 anymore. Um, mm -hmm. You will never convince me to pay $70 for that game. Its controls are clunky. The graphics are cool. You know, you can see individuals, uh, drip swat, drip swat, and individual, um, sweat drip coming down the cheek. <laughs> you know, it looks visually pleasing, but the way it plays is complete ass. So a point Jarrell made was if you're going to, if you know, if you're going to talk about the price, you know, in the, I guess, gameplay section of your review, you would put, you know, NBA 2K21 is the game that, you know, fails at, um, was it mimicking the smoothness of a basketball game with very clunky uh, clunky controls and very uh, very sporadic I guess movements by the player during the game don't match your control and to have it at 70 bucks for that is you know again for lack of intelligence not a good thing so i feel like you know after that after we talked about that i feel like okay that's the better way yeah. of making making the score drop you know more reasonable because not only are you mentioning the price you're also mentioning 
what sucks about the game that makes the price not worth it. Yeah, if it's a gameplay issue, like you said, how it's like erratic and not working properly, that is something that would affect the price because it's not a working game. You're going to sell someone not a working game. Now, the story and like other stuff that go into it, I guess the price shouldn't really hinge upon that. But if the game doesn't fucking play properly or work, that is something that I would hinge on the price for sure. I think a great yeah. example is Cyberpunk 2077, right? People paid $60 yes. bucks for that game. That. And they give refunds on anything, and they did <laughs> on that because it was that bad. But that game was sold at 60 bucks, and, you know, this might go against my point, but the reviews for that were all glowing in the 8s and 9s, because on PC, it was really good, and some people purchased it based off of that review score. Um, PC Master Race. <laughs> yeah, there you go. And should they have given that game, a, you know, so... I think of it this way. If I'm playing this game on PC and it works as good as it does and it deserves a nine, why would I give it an eight? Because it's 60 bucks, right? Like, well, if it works good, you wouldn't give it a low rating. So, so then I wouldn't judge it based on the price. So you're saying that it only matters well, I'm saying when if it's, it's a bad if game. If it's a bad game, yeah. So the price only <laughs> matters when it's a bad game. That seems so unfair. I don't, I don't necessarily think it has to do with, you know, the, the the pricing as more of like how dare you you know list this as this much when the gameplay itself doesn't meet up to that like I'm not for example for an example of a future game if Breath of the Wild two comes out and I see trailers on it and it looks amazing it's you know it's awesome it's you know fingers crossed coming out on the Switch Pro it has all new graphics it's tech you know the texture is beautiful and all that and it looks great but then all of a sudden I pick up the game. And oh, oh, I forgot where I was going with this. God damn it! A tree branch is like glitches or something like that. Is that what you want? I know. I, I started. I One started tree branch glitch. Like the Drop the store. <laughs> no, but um, they charge you know, the me sixty dollars for a tree great. branch. <laughs> Sorry. And, and the game comes out looking, you know, all that's no, okay because I still haven't gathered my thoughts. And the game looks beautiful and all that, but then all of a sudden, you know, I put the game in and. First of all, we all know it's a Nintendo game. It's a mainline Nintendo game. It's going to be priced to, you know, the most expensive thing Nintendo price has and right now, which is, yeah. thank goodness, fifty nine ninety nine. Yeah, 60 bucks. Yeah. But if it comes out and, like, sucks and it's a garbage game, it, you're going to feel like, how dare you charge people $60 for a game that you showed off to be very beautiful and looked really good on screen in trailers, but it plays, like, absolute shit. So I think that's kind of I completely lost the focus halfway through that. But I hope you guys kind of gathered the pieces. Of I, what I, I, was I did to get say. I did get the point. I did get the point. Yeah. Thank you. Yes. Honestly, I'm still reeling that you um, said I was right for once. So I'm gonna take that and run. Yeah, don't get used to it. We'll run with it. So I want to throw in my 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 uh, two cents on this real quick because. Um, I agree with uh, with pretty much everything you guys said, but I, I do want to say this much. And I think the whenever you do a review, I think, and too many people ignore this fact, but the score that a game gets is just a summary. Because basically what's most important is what the review is. Like we at HP Critical, every time we review a game, we ha in addition to our score, we have what the price of the game is. Mm -hmm. So as far as whether or not like, as, as far as, we're, we're, you know, when we review a game, we talk about what the game has. 
you know, um, what kind of gameplay does it do? do? Is it like a platformer? Is it an open world? Is it a shooter, RPG, what have you? And going into that, you pro- like even just by the genre of the game, you probably already have an idea if that game is for you. But if it is, and if it is a genre that you might enjoy, then you'll probably read further on to see what more about the game is there. If it's an RPG, you would expect it to be long because that's what RPGs are. If you're playing a shooter, then you might be looking for does it have a good campaign and the multiplayer robust, all the good stuff. And the review will tell you that. Apart from the score, if you like the actual written words, will tell you if that's the case or not. And ultimately, after reading the review and seeing the score as the summary of everything that was said, you determine as a consumer reading a review whether the game is worth it to you. Um, some people don't want to spend 60 or $70 to buy the latest Call of Duty, but will we'll we'll gladly spend that on uh, Skyward Sword HD coming out later this year, or a big RPG. So that's their that's their personal value to it. And all you're really talking about is what this game has as far as the review itself. Now, so that's, so for me personally, I don't think the price should matter much to the view because it's going to ultimately depend on you based on what's in the game and how much it is. But I do want to give one, one, one point to the people who do use price as a means to factor into the review is that anytime someone does a review, you want to be as objective as possible. You want to talk about the game's um, core things and objective as possible. But at the end of the day, it is not a robot v- reviewing this game. It is a human being. And they're going to have, as, as objective as they are, they are there are going to be some subjective opinions thrown in. And therefore, if they're playing this game that they spent $60 on, and they finish the core story in like 10 hours... That may leave a negative impression on them, and they may think that that's not worth $60, and that's something that they may point in review, and they may even dock points for that. And, you know, it's their review, so that's really what, what it's all about. And I, want, and I want to give a really good example of that, because people were dunking on IGN for this, but I just want to, like, um, Super Mario 3D World, when it originally came out on Wii U, I think that game reviewed at, like, 9 out of 10 or something like that. Like, don't yep. call me that, but it was a pretty high number. And then Super Mario 3D World plus Bowser's Fury comes out for Nintendo Switch, objectively is a better game, but it gets a lower review. It gets like a 7.5 and 8 out of 10. And the reason why that happens, even though that's an objectively better version of the game, is because a different reviewer reviewed that game, and they had their own opinions based on what they played of the game. And they fact- and also they had to factor in both 3 World and Bowser's Fury. And if they're judging both games as a whole, and they didn't like Bowser's let's say Let's say they loved 3 World but hated Bowser's Fury. That may negatively affect the score to them, even if the there's overall more content in the game. And I think that's an important distinction that should be made. So the too long didn't, didn't hear all that. I don't think prices should, should necessarily affect the game score. If the review itself is, is explains itself, but I understand why it's done and I don't necessarily hate it. They should have just increased the score by a point because it's two games in one for $60. That would be the most fundamental way to do it. But again, that's horrible. It, <laughs> Here's a free point like, because you gave me two games instead of one. Free points. Despite every collection, every collection is ten out of ten. Just take this Man. eight out of ten game. Eight out of ten game. Uh, it's a sixteen out of ten. What it is. Better. It's better it than is. deducting. It's better than deducting two points because there's too much water in a remake. <laughs> you know, I was going to bring it up. Don't. I, you, I, you, I, you I, as, soon as, as soon as Brandon <laughs> said what he said, I was like. It's <laughs> I'm going to move on. Anytime I hear IGN scores, I'm going to say, well, while you move so, on, bye. I 
going to bid everybody adieu. I love all you guys. Happy birthday, Kelly. He finally said it. He finally said it. Finally said it. So you better keep that on track. I'm not going to say it for like another six months. (laughs) Bye, guys. Bye. 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 Well, now that he's gone. <laughs> Here's the real tea about games. So, no, I'm just kidding. All tea, share. I have real tea to share with you guys, but I can't do it on the podcast. I gotta do it after the podcast. But okay. I know well, something. About what? Ooh. I can't oh, say on the podcast, but mm, it's Tuesday. No Subscribe to our Patreon to get <gasps> behind <laughs> the <this. laughs> Wait. Patreon.com like, says Juicy, like, personal juicy, it's or like, juicy. <laughs> It's like, yeah. Or like HP critical juicy. No, no, no. It's a mixture. Okay. How's that? It's like, I got juice juice parts on both. Right. Okay, if it's a mixture, then so then I retract. Surprise, uh, support us on Patreon anyway, but you're not going <laughs> to Support us on Patreon. I'm a Patreon. Yes, please, yes, please support us on Patreon, Patreon, but you're not getting personal information. We might give you some HP critical, like, um, behind you know, the little, scenes. Little, little, little behind the scenes stuff, but we're not telling people's, like, social securities or something. Or it like will that. never happen unless you pay me a lot of money. Yeah. I do expect go, presents, go, by the way. Go create a tier, Jarrell, <laughs> and maybe people will get that information. <laughs> if you, never mind, let me shut up now. So, <laughs> before I spin this off the rails. So, um, recently there was a rumor that uh, the E3 Digital Showcase was going to be a charged event. Um, essentially, that E3 could be behind a paywall after we all know that it is going to be online only because of COVID. And E3 came out and tweeted that, E3's 2021 digital show is a free event for all attendees. And then they said, we're excited to fill you in on all the real news for the event very soon. And they uh, quote tweeted the original tweet that said E3 could be behind a paywall. So I do, uh, you know, obviously we know (laughs) now that it is free. Um, We still don't know whether it was planned to be paid. And then they saw the reaction and they were like, oh shit, (laughs) this is a bad idea. (laughs) Like, it's gonna be so obviously we don't know it could have just been free this entire time um if they decided to charge for e3 this year um how would you feel about that especially in this current climate where technically you can't go to e3 because obviously covid19 is a thing and a lot of uh journalists are essentially going to be having to cover e3 from home anyway um putting E3 behind a paywall means that, you know, us, like us at HP Critical, we would essentially have to buy access to an online event that, mind you, we don't even know how many companies are actually showing up to E3 because a lot of people are doing their own thing now. Um, So how would you guys feel about E3 online only being something that you have to pay for? Fucking no. (laughs) No. Um, No. I am going to echo Kelly and say no. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> only because, only because, only because, if we're talking hypothetically that we'd have to pay for E3, like, as far as consumers, like, if, you, if you've never been to a physical E3, but you watch it, then the way you would do that is by, you know, YouTube, Twitch, via whatever, right? Mm-hmm. And if a digital-only E3, you would get that same amount of content, but then pay for it, then fuck no. But, there, I will say one thing. If you had to, if you had like, um, I don't know, if you, if like your payment would get you exclusive content that would normally only be reserved for people that would be at the physical venue, that would be a different story because then we'd have to talk about how much it is and what you'd be getting, which E3 has, the ESA has revealed neither at this point. All we know now 
is that it will be free for all digital attendees. We don't know what that gets us. Wait, we don't know if being a digital attendee of the event means the exact same thing as people who haven't been, if you're just watching it on videos or whatever. Because if that's what they mean, then whatever. That's Nothing's really changed. But if we're getting more information than we had before and it's free, well, then maybe that could be something. But again, we got to wait for them to tell us some more stuff before I can really give my uh, full opinion on this. It's, it's free, so whatever. Sounds good to me. We'll see. Brandon, I have a question for you. What's up? What kind of insider access stuff do you think they could charge for? That's a good question, because a lot of the stuff that they would offer in a physical E3 was stuff that could only really be feasibly done there. Like, for example, if you're a game journalist that's going to E3 and you have a press badge, you could go behind the scenes and play, like, an uh, exclusive demo that other people in the show floor could play. Can't or just in a digital event. So what the fuck correct. are you and, and Correct. And correct. And you couldn't, and by the same token... Um, a lot of people suggest, well, what if they just bring the demos to home? Then people would hack the shit out of that and figure out how to like keep the game or something like that. I, you can't trust these um, really exclusive demos in the homes of people. It, I just don't think it's a feasible way to do it. Like, unless it's like a pre-release where they just completely haven't finished the game and there's really nothing to extract. But even then, I don't know. Like, I don't know what we're being offered as opposed to like if, if as being a viewer to E3. And this digital access event, I don't know what the difference is. They literally haven't said. And I don't know if anything they could provide to us would mirror the experience of actually going to E3 and getting to play, like, the games there or seeing booths. Like, I don't know what we're getting. Like, what's different? Well, so, to be fair, they haven't actually said that there is a separate tier, right? They've yeah, only that, said... and that's and that's what I'm saying. And that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't, like... It's free for like, all. Yeah, it's free for all. Like, like I, like my my impression was like back when the rumor says that there would might be a paywall. My impression was that press people who bought bought in would get some cool stuff. Again, I don't know what that means, but they would get something, and then everybody else would just watch on Twitch or YouTube like they've done every single year up to this point. But if it's free for everyone, then I really don't know the differences. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It feels like normally they had to pay, like companies had to pay a ton of money to like get in. Uh-huh. I guess that would be why you'd have to pay. Mm-hmm. But like if they're not doing the venue and not paying a ton of money, then why would we have to pay to watch? I don't, yeah, that's exactly what I'm, I'm saying. Not, yeah, I'm not really getting anything out of it unless it was like super cheap. But even still, like to watch a video online, I'm not gonna. Pay yeah, for like that. even if, even if it was only five dollars to watch no. the normal Twitch or YouTube stream live, the, even the, like even that's you know it's five bucks, but that's still paying to watch a live event in the comfort of your home, which you were able to do in past years anyway. For free, just suddenly, yeah, yeah. Th- suddenly throwing a paywall for that would be scummy. So. Again, if the, if if all this digital attend is just a fancy way of saying you'll be able to watch our conferences for free, like you've always have been. Thanks, ESA. <laughs> Great. My biggest annoyance <laughs> with that was like, first of all, if you charge me, why are you charging me? Because correct, yeah. Like, I can understand if you're paying for the venue that it's being held at, and you have yeah. to have like caterers in there because people gotta eat, you gotta pay for space, etc. Like. Oh yeah, and all, all the stuff, stuff they have in there, all the yeah, computers for the demos that, that they money, do, like right? it costs a lot. Yeah, like for all a, yeah, a totally game, money. like they had it like for the for the E3 where they were promoting Breath of the Wild specifically, they basically recreated like like Hyrule in some stats mixes. You could like take pictures with the enemies and stuff like yes. that. Those big booths, like that stuff, like that. 
All of that costs a lot Total of money. Ops. I get that. Yeah. But guess what? It's fucking digital. So, right. like, you're... What are we getting? What, like, you're not running... What, what is my $5 gonna go towards? Like, y'all just keeping my money at this point? Because, uh, obviously, you're not gonna have to... Not only that, but... Who even knows who's going to be at fucking E3, right? Because right, Nintendo, that's what, like we said in past podcasts too, like who's going? Nintendo does their own thing with uh-huh, their they do direct, direct, you know. Uh, Sony just started their first ever uh, PlayStation um, present. Oh, sorry, Square Enix, sorry, did their own uh, PlayStation or Square Enix presents. Oh my god, Square Enix did Square Enix presents. We get it, Drew. Like, I love PlayStation. Uh, PlayStation has their state of play. Xbox had their indie showcase a while ago. Like, all these big companies are kind of doing their own thing. So why would they even pay to be on a digital front when they can get their own, like, specific audience to them? So I don't even know who's going to be there. Like, are you going to charge me $5 to watch Devolver Digital have a presentation that they're going to put up for free later on anyway, because like I'm sure. Oh, they I love would. Devolver Digital's presentations, but I will watch. I will not pay money to watch it. Like and when it goes, then, like it's it's not even like the Devolver Digital conferences are not even live. They pre-recorded videos just happen to go live at this point. It's just, you need to watch it. It's just funny because I would like people would pay like probably I don't know I've never been to like um like an E3 or something, but yeah. like people probably pay like a hundred dollars or more i know tickets for um guardian con were like 80 dollars or something i think for a thousand bucks i believe okay i'm saying though like a thousand bucks to go in person i ain't even gonna fucking pay five dollars to watch this online like i just it's just not gonna happen Mm. you know i don't care that it's like what you know 99.9 percent off i'm still not going to yeah, and I mean, even then, you know, obviously, if you're going to E3 as press, you're going to get a press badge, you're going to get in, and then you have the opportunity to play new games to write about them, interview developers, all that great stuff. You don't pay $1,000 to do that. <laughs> like, that's not, like, that's not how that works. They want you because they want you to promote their games. Um, yeah. That, that's the point. Like, and it, it doesn't work the other way around. And so this is essentially just a consumer situation in which it's like, how much money can we squeeze out of people excited for video games? For honestly, us, and, because what else are we and, using it for? And here's a, and here's another point that I only this only got brought to my attention about two weeks ago because I was listening to another podcast that I was talking about like gaming. They, let's, I'm sorry, Brandon. Let's use, before you tell me this, I just want everyone to know that there's actually only one gaming podcast, and it's HP Critical. Go ahead. That's correct. I was, I I was, listening, to our, I was listening to our alternate universe of it. Well, okay. <laughs> Yeah, so what we were talking about in this alternate universe, Earth Two, if you will, <laughs> is that get, let's talk. Let's let's give an example. EA with their EA Play, they haven't been in E3 for years, but they would always do it on like the Saturday or Sunday before E3. So even though it was technically their own event, they really didn't have to pay E3 or anything like that. Uh, they still got that E3 views because people were looking like people go like Kelly. You brought it up. If something's at E3. You're more likely going to watch it because you're because you're, if you don't if you're not interested in Nintendo you're not going to watch a Nintendo Direct if you're not interested in Sony you're not going to watch a State of Play yeah but if you're just interested in gaming in general you'll watch more or less every conference of E3 because you just want to know what's going on because it's the big event and EA was able to get that even though they're not part of E3 just because they had it on the same week so they were able to still get that so the point I'm trying to make with that is if the conferences 
Like if Nintendo says, we're not going to do E3. Sony says, we're not going to do E3. Microsoft says, we're not going to do E3. None of them go to E3. But they all do their presentations at around the same time that they would have if it was E3, like within the same week. They'll still get that E3 exposure from all having their announcements around the same time, even if they're not necessarily part of E3. Now, I do think it'd be harder if all of them try to get away with that because they couldn't be that close together or as yeah. defeats the purpose. But if it's close enough or one or two of them do it and it's around close enough time, why pay the money for E3 if you're still going to get like that ex- same exposure that, you know. And then you know? These, these events aren't even in the same place. Like they're not happening no. next to each other. So it's not like if we were, if we were, you know, going and paying money, we would just sit in an auditorium and see everything happen at one time. It doesn't even work that way. So it's like, y'all are going to charge me for watching like five different streams in one place for whoever signs up. That ain't going right. to work. That's and, and And also to further what I was saying too, Nintendo has probably the least, uh, they, they've been doing direct since, <clears throat> since, uh, at like 2013 instead of press conferences. So their only benefit to even attending E3 was to be on the show floor. You know, their treehouse streams where they have, uh, staff play the game or their booths that they would have set there. But they haven't done press conferences for over eight, for seven years now. It's just been their direct. And then after the direct, live direct goes live. Then they'll cut to Treehouse streaming. People can go play their games. If there's not even a booth anymore, then what the hell are they going to E3 for if they're just going to do a direct anyway? They could do a direct on, I don't know, a Wednesday for the week before E3, cut immediately to Treehouse footage for the do that for the day, maybe do that for two more days, and that's their personal E3. Yep, exactly. And they're done. They have no need. <clears throat> So, um, I actually want to talk about Outriders for a little bit. Kelly, did you try it? No. Brandon, did you try it? I had the demo download, I haven't gotten to it yet. I so tell us about Outriders, Jarrell! So I Go played a little bit of Outriders, but the reason I brought it up is because, um, Outriders, the demo was downloaded by two, more than two million people. And yeah. there's a tweet here that says Outriders is now the biggest launch on Steam in the history for Square Enix. Um, in history for Square Enix, it has reached an incredible 100,000 plus concurrent players on launch day, um, and is the first paid game ever published by Square Enix to reach this height. Not counting free games or uh, weekends. So mm-hmm. the fact that it is Thursday and uh, <clears throat> it came out midnight and it already has over 100,000 plus players is a huge deal for Square Enix. I think it's really um, interesting that they are delving into this type of uh, genre because I don't think they have any like first person loot shooters at all. If I'm not mistaken. I I can't think of any. And I, just, I don't think it's the first shooter RPG, but for I think it's like the first loot shooter RPG. And I just thought like I think we talked about um, the revenue that Square Enix made and how Final Fantasy VII basically just made it that they can make whatever the fuck they want, even if it fails and they'll still make money. <laughs> like Outriders is a great example of what happens when you have like when you expand what you're known for, because now people are definitely going to recognize Square Enix as not just the JRPG machine, right? Now they are also this um, loot shooter genre, and so I I enjoy Outriders. I know a lot of people don't like it. I know a lot of people were not fans of it. They said that the classes are too similar, or um, it's just not fun if you're playing certain things. 
I enjoyed it. I think it's a game that's going to be a lot of fun when you play with friends, which is why we're going to play after this podcast. Um, (laughs) But outriders i mean we saw that we saw the information at the square enix presents are you guys surprised by these numbers at all i am a little because i haven't heard a lot of people talk about it it seems to be more of a game that people are just <laughs> it's the silent majority i guess like That's some crazy, games are because i some have ga- heard some, a lot of people yeah. i'm sorry but I oh, have yeah? heard a, I've, well, yeah. I, i'm on streamer twitter because i stream and i yeah. watch people stream and they're like all into it to like they're like yeah. okay. outriders okay. partners they're all of this stuff but mm-hmm. then it just launched today and i didn't see anything about it online like the the demo it was like oh yeah amazing Everybody's and then i i knew it was on game pass we were talking about it and like now that it's actually launched i haven't heard much and i'm like that's because everybody's playing it I, they're shutting up <laughs> they're, 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 not yeah, they're right all now. playing right now so they can't talk about they're it. like not saying anything it's, but yeah it, it doesn't seem to be like the like I, and i do think that makes sense because outriders doesn't seem like the kind of game where you play it and just keep going to Twitter to talk about how much you like it. It's just a game you keep playing. It's more like a single player game. If you're enjoying the adventure, you'll want to, you will not shut the fuck up. Like, it's like, Oh my God, this game is amazing. I'm an hour in. Look how we're going. But outriders like, no, the way that, the way that gameplay is, is, uh, is made, it just seems more natural. Just you will, you keep playing that. Like you'll talk about it to, to death pre-release, but once it's out, like you just play. The most you'll hear is about maybe after a day is done. You're like, wow, I spent like 12 hours playing Outrider. <laughs> but not during. That's what my point is I'm trying to make. I think, and I'm trying to find it, but I think Rodrigo... Wait, is, it, is it on Game Pass? Yeah, I, I, yes, it is available on Game Pass right now. It was So actually what happened was at midnight, people were trying to download it on Game Pass and is it, it wasn't working. Only Is it only on Xbox Game Pass? No. Like, oh, no, I think it should be on PC as well. I'm searching it. It was like the first thing on Xbox. So I don't, I don't play PC, so I'm, I'm not sure. <laughs> I have no idea. But what I do know is that Rodrigo called it Gears of War meets Destiny, and I Ooh. thought that is very sexy. interesting. <laughs> like, yeah, but it's not That's as sexy. And you know, I played a little bit of Gears of War. I played a little bit of Destiny, and I was like. I can see it. I like. I can actually see it. It's not as tight as Gears. There, there, there was devs from Gears, so I can, I can understand that part. It's not as tight as Gears before, but it's really. I, I really enjoy it, and I, I like the character customization is kind of messy. Like, there's only like two cute options. Not enough customization. Not enough black people. I'm gonna let it go. But um, <laughs> I'm sorry. I had to bring it up. I had to bring it up. Um, but yeah, I I, yeah, I I think you guys should try the demo after this. We should all play together, and that way on the next podcast we can talk about how we feel about it. I'd be really interested to see your thoughts. Um, uh, yeah, I just uh, then the numbers did surprise me, but then I thought Square Enix doesn't have loot shooters, and I think loot shooting loot shooter as a genre is really popular, um, especially as a multiplayer game. And you know, we saw everyone playing. Uh, cooperatively right now. I don't know if it's due to COVID or if it's just like the video games, but everybody's playing Monster Hunter Rise together now, right? Um, mm-hmm. I, just <laughs> kinda, like, I just, I just want to get it. I, I just want to buy it because I, I just want to play it. Peer pressure. I bought it. Is Maddie it multiplayer? It. Can we yeah. play together? We can all play online. Yeah. yeah. It's for Switch, right? Yep. Yes. Okay. Honestly, the only reason I bought it is because everybody in Slack was showing off their their freaking copies, and I was like. I guess. Honestly, like, I want to love it. Like, I I played 
Monster Hunter games before. Um, I played it on PlayStation, I think. And I was just like, I don't get it. But, like, I feel like I'm missing something. Oh, my God, yes. I felt the same way. I felt the same way. I played World, and I was like, okay, this is really fun, but it's only That's fun the one when I played with yeah. other people. Uh, when I had to play by myself, I was like, I don't want to play this I didn't want to play it. Like, I, this is not yeah. fun to me. Uh, but when you're playing in a party of friends and you're trying to take down a big monster, of course that's fun. Like, who doesn't want to play yeah. with their friend, like three other friends, and kill a big-ass fucking dragon? Of Pretty course much. that's fun. Trying to coordinate any group of people to it's do so anything, though, is yeah. so ridiculous. My friend... Anyways, I digress. One of my friends messaged me, like, two days ago and was like, hey, you want to play? I totally didn't even see it. And I'm like, I did want to play. Like, oh, no. yes. <laughs> I've been trying to get a group of people together to play, like, that Labyrinthine update for, like, a month. It's just not happening. Well, after this, we got to play some Outriders. Okay. And then mm. we'll play your Labyrinthine because it's really scary and I need Jarell to be crying. Why would you do that? Oh I'm just joking. We, I have the Outriders demo open on my screen right now. I'm ready. Oh, did you find it on Game Pass though, or just the demo? No, I just saw the demo, but my computer needs an update. I think I just gotta. Maybe that's why. Well, I mean, so I'm ready to go play games. Is there anything else that you guys want to talk about? Well, um, I think that's pretty much everything as far as this week was concerned. I think we can dip and go play some Outriders. <laughs> like, oh, I'm okay. down for this. <laughs> That's fine. Yeah, I don't know if there's anything else I wanted to talk about. Um, without Gabe here, you and him arguing usually takes up a good portion. <laughs> That's true. And we, yeah, um, no, I'm, I'm looking. I'm looking through the notes we have this week. We pretty much covered all the topics. Okay. I see that the problem is Gabe and I arguing. That's why we go on for two hours when he's not here. We it just goes. On, it gets a little long winded. I love you guys, but like you just keep going, and it's so funny because it doesn't ever end at the place you started. Like it always like starts like on some some totally unrelated thing, and then by the end it's like no, fucking Zelda Breath of the Wild is the best game ever made, and you're just like no, it's fine. Seven, and then oh that's my just... god, that's totally us. Like, that's the whole argument. <laughs> Every conversation just becomes Final <laughs> Fantasy VII versus Breath of the Wild. Well, I can't trust your opinion because you think Breath of the Wild is better than Final Fantasy VII. Yeah, that's literally... And I'm just, like, sitting here like, oh my god. Now you guys Jarrell, that is, that I'll stand is... up for you, but I don't have any opinion. <laughs> Speaking of Final Fantasy VII, Kelly, before I go... When are you going to finish that one? On on podcast. It's on stream. You got to tell us right now. I have not been playing Called any out. games. I know. That's why I'm calling you I, right now. I'm sorry. I, if it was on PC, I would have already finished you said it. That I already. guarantee it. I, my PlayStation is not even plugged in. But I will plug it in this weekend. And I will play it on Sunday because my boyfriend's working and I have no plans. Yay! All right? Don't do it because I, and you, you know. Oh, us an Aerith cosplay while you stream it. I can. I actually was thinking about it. My hair is not as dark anymore, which kind of stinks. It was darker, but I have some things that actually is not. I'm not going to be able to do a full Aerith cosplay, but it's like her outfit in the game. Like I could look very similar. I, that's what I've been waiting for. You. So it's going to be like a like a kind of kind of like a cheap ass. Aerith cosplay. A cosplay is a cosplay, okay? Like, <laughs> so I have a red bow, and I have, like, a pink, like, kind of puffy sleeve shirt. Because doesn't she wear, like, a shirt like that? It's red, yeah. Okay. 
So, well, yeah, I think she. I don't know. I have something that could look very similar. So I think I can. Three quarter sleeve jacket, I believe, over a dress. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, so I don't have the jacket, but she. It has like kind of puffy sleeves. I could probably make that work. See, there we go. Sunday, everybody, look for Kelly's Twitch stream on Sunday. Now I'm gonna now committed to doing this on Sunday. And speaking of um, Twitch streams, Brandon, before I close out, what are we doing? I know we're having um. Uh, our finale, I guess, of uh, Super Mario 3D World tomorrow Correct, night? yeah. Yes, tomorrow, as of this recording anyway, tomorrow night at uh, 8.15, you, me, Gabe, and Christy will be finishing up Super Mario 3D World. I, I went ahead and got all the collectibles, all the green stars, he's stamps, saying, he's flags. He's playing with us, so he got them by himself. Some of those last ones, okay, look, let, let, let me be real, let me be real. Some of those green stars, I'm glad we didn't waste stream time doing it because they were obnoxiously hidden. I was like, this would have been boring to look for if we didn't like use a guide. I was like, so it's it's fine. But the point is we got those collectibles, so now I've unlocked, we've unlocked the final world. It's going to be three levels, but they're really hard. But we're, we're giving ourselves plenty of time to do it, so it'll be we fine. breeze through that game, nothing's hard. Yeah, okay, cool. Anyway, it's, it's, it's 8.15 p.m. is our finale. Um, as far as upcoming streams, you know, HP Critical doesn't hold up usually on Mondays, 8 p.m. Uh, I got two more parts of Galaxy left. That's going to be at 7s on Wednesdays. And then I'll be doing Bowser's Fury after that. Because by that point, we'll be long done with 3D Worlds. And uh, Fortune Street's on two Sundays this this month. And also, if you want to keep up to date, uh, Brandon has released the HP Critical stream schedule up on hpcritical.com, as well yep. as Kelly's Labyrinthine review, which if you haven't checked out, please do. It's one of our most popular reviews there, so definitely go to hpcritical.com, check out everything that we're writing over there. It is our, like Gabe said, our two-year anniversary. Uh, happy birthday, HP Critical. Definitely check out everything we're doing over there. And of course, stay tuned to the next podcast. Um, and yeah, we're going to go play some Outriders. Bye, everybody! Bye. Bye. Let's go. HP Critical.